What is up? Welcome to Viseland. We finally did it. We made it through the 2020 NBA draft. It happened. Mikey, what's, 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 how does it feel to be done with this draft? It feels pretty fantastic. 15 picks in, no trades. Like that was definitely out of the blue. And yeah, it was nonetheless eventful. Like there were a few eventful days before that with the trades that we talked about last time. And um, very lucky that we didn't bring up the trade that happened immediately after we finished recording or like during, while we were recording about the Bogdan Bogdanovich uh, sign and trade that ended up not really not happening. Yeah. You know, so that's like, tampering or it was, it was, uh, yeah, the very gray area and, uh, he just ended up doing something else. Um, but yeah, we, uh, it, it was a fun draft, uh, definitely some interesting picks and it's been, uh, an interesting off season as well. Yeah, no, I think, it, I think it, it was a fast start to like the free, you know, the free agency. And I think, yeah, the draft, like, you know, yeah, like the lottery was pretty much, you know, locked in. And then after that, it was like trades. Let's let's start start moving and, and, and doing some things. Yeah, for sure. But like, yeah, I don't think there's nothing like landscape altering in, on any of the trades. But, you know, definitely. Oh, I, I think a few of them were pretty big. Yeah. But yeah. I, I guess you're talking about like not during the draft, but around the draft. And yeah, they're – there are definitely things that I, I feel are going to happen this year that are going to be possibly quite different from last year. And there are a few teams that definitely improved and a few teams that we think are likely in the rebuilding process or in the Cade Cunningham conversation, which is soon to come when we focus on the 2021 NBA draft, which we will very soon as college basketball is starting up tomorrow. Um, already a few games postponed and canceled. Yeah. Tennessee, Tennessee shut down their basketball yeah, program. COVID-19. Um, Florida shut down for a while. Oregon had to postpone their game um, because Eastern Washington didn't have enough, possibly didn't have enough scholarship players to play, which makes a lot of sense because we played Eastern Washington last year and it was a disaster with a few scholarship players missing, but still, I guess, most of their team. Um, and yeah, it's, it's going to be an, a really interesting season. Uh, the Oregon schedule and I think a lot of- Pac-12 just came out today. A, a deep conference schedule. But yeah, the um, non-conference games are going to be shortened and it, it's, it, I guess we don't even really know what the NCAA tournament's going to look like. But, yeah, it, nonetheless, tomorrow we'll have college basketball and we'll have some new things going on there. But we want to just kind of recap the NBA draft and talk about the recent free agent signings and trades by all of the different NBA teams. Yeah, no, that seems like a good time. And like the funny part is, like, yeah, we're, you know, the draft, free agency, and pretty much I think training camp starts in about a week and some change. Really? Yeah. So, super, super short. I, I thought like they were set to play preseason games December first, which would mean like training camp would really start soon. <laughs> I know the, the NBA is supposed to restart December twenty second, and I but I I think that would be like regular season games. So. No, no, totally. I think that's regular season. I think it's December first is training camp. So I don't know how 
that, yeah, I don't know, but maybe they'll just play a really shortened preseason schedule, probably like three games or so. Um, I, I guess kind of like uh, they did in the bubble. But yeah. Um, yeah, let's just move on. And we're just going to go by alphabetical order and kind of give a, a breakdown of how we felt about the draft, some of the free agent signings by various teams, and uh, some of the trades that they made to kind of uh, round out the roster. And then we're going to say whether we feel they'll be in the same place, in a better place, or if they're rebuilding or, or somehow got worse. So yeah, we're, we're going to kind of give that as our scale of, uh, of grades. Um, as much as you can grade the NBA draft based on what you feel about your board, we're just going to kind of give a, an off-season outlook. And, of course, we'll mention whether we felt they uh, drafted well and uh, have signed some players to help their team. But, yeah, or used, um, had good use of the salary cap space that they have. Sounds good. We're going to start it off, obviously, with Atlanta. That's the first letter. Eight. We're also going to go through the alphabet. Yeah. So, Atlanta, obviously, Atlanta starts off, they just – we, you mentioned it just a couple of seconds ago about Bogdan. That's where he ends up. He, he signs an offer sheet. Sacramento doesn't match. So here he is on Atlanta. Yeah. That was a big addition as of the date of this recording. Yeah. A guy who killed it in the um, Rising Stars game. And <laughs> you're, you're just – you're thinking that – so with their two major signings, they signed Danilo Gallinari – and Bogdan Bogdanovich, they probably overpay at least for Bogdan a tad, but it was around like you know market and uh, Sacramento not interested in in matching, um, kind of wanted to move on with their current core. And Danilo was a guy that seemed to be wanted by quite a few different teams, but probably took the the best offer on the table, which is. Uh, around 20 million per year and I think over at least three years and he um, yeah so it's basically like a step up for Atlanta in those two kind of wing positions you I guess you ultimately would love Danilo to play the four but it seems like he's likely going to um, play on the wing at least a tad and um, then as far as the draft went they ended up drafting on Yeka Kongwu the day of the draft, there were rumors about Onyeka having um, a toe injury that could sideline him for a little while, but obviously wasn't hugely expected to have him dip to a, a really low point in the draft. Um, and he, he does, like, honestly, Onyeka looks like a, a guy who will eventually fit a really nice role for this team. But um, at the same time, the way the roster is currently constructed, they have John Collins and and all both of those guys seem to excel being a five. Um, so yeah, they, and Onyeka doesn't seem like he is necessarily like, he did play next to a big in college, but he excelled as being a center and that, that seems to be his best NBA position. So they're probably going to have to do something there. Um, as far as, their other draft pick, they chose Skylar Mays. He's a, another kind of like um, wing guy, good shooter, um, pretty decent athlete as well. But 
probably not expected to be a huge part in their um, rotation or anything like that. Somebody they'll, they'll bring along pretty slowly, even though he was a, a senior at LSU. And um, then their other signings were, um, they signed Rajon Rondo and they signed uh, Chris Dunn. So they get a couple guys who are basically point guards who maybe could help Trey Young play a, a bit more off ball and, and could play with Trey Young as well. Like both of them, Rondo, of course, with the insane wingspan to possibly move up and guard like a, a two. And uh, Chris Dunn, known for his defense, known as a, a bigger guard as well. So, yeah, it, it's interesting. I feel like Atlanta got a little bit better, but was it maybe the best use of their cap? Like, it, it might have been just all that they had. But, and the, the thing is, that they're like, they kind of went all in with these guys in that they, um, they even signed, I, I don't know, I'm pretty sure they're player options, but. I, yeah, I don't think they're team options with uh, Chris Dunn and Rajon Rondo. And, uh, of course, signing uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich and um, uh, Danilo to, um, like, longer-term contracts. So, yeah, it's uh, an interesting call. But, yeah, I, I feel like Atlanta at least got a little bit more competitive and definitely got quite a bit deeper by adding all these guys. No, I, I totally, totally agree. I think, like – they, they did get better. Like, are they going to be at the top of the Eastern Conference? No, probably not. But I think, like, they'll at least be possible playoff contention. Because, like, Trey, Trey Young is, you know, he's your guy. And now you've got a couple other people that can kind of score Rondo. Yeah. The offense looks fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> they have a lot of guys that can get buckets. It's going to be about that defense. On Yeka, obviously, as a draft hit. Um, you're expecting to do good things defensively. Um, Clint pretty much traded from Houston because you kind of worried about him going deeper into the playoffs, what he would provide defensively, but still a, a decent defender in his own right. And um, yeah, it's just, it's going to be really interesting because I'm pretty sure John Collins wants money. Like, yeah. and he's um, very soon going to be line, in line for an extension um yeah it's uh i i have a feeling atlanta's not done making some deals they of course have guys like deandre hunter and cam reddish from last year uh kevin herter another um player who can definitely provide you some good rotation minutes but yeah they're they're uh, they're pretty chock full right now and i wouldn't be surprised if they at least tried to make a run and, and get like a a bigger name. I, I'm not exactly sure who would be out there, but um, yeah, they, they at least do have some assets to, to try and maybe trade for like a, um, a good stretch four or, or somebody like that would fit next to an Anyaka Kongwu. And maybe I, I'm guessing they want to keep John Collins, but um, yeah, yes. Clint, I'm sure Clint Capella is, is possibly on the block. Uh, but yeah, Atlanta, interesting. And I think they, they at least got a little bit better for next year and should um, be more competitive. Yeah, that, that, I, think, I think that's a total trajectory of where they're at. But moving on, we got Boston. Team, team finished, you know, pretty, pretty strong last year, just short of the, short of the finals. Obviously. From the NBA finals. Yeah. So, you know, Miami obviously came and came, took up some work. But you know what? For the draft, they had three. First round picks, they got rid of one. 
But, you know, you got Aaron Neesmith, 14. They got Peyton Pritchard, 26. And then Jan Madar, 47. And then, you know, they're bringing in, like, they're bringing in Tristan Thompson. They're bringing in Jeff Teague. Gordon Hayward, out. So what's your, what's your take, you know, especially because Danny Ainge is, you know, a frequent multiple pick GM in the draft. He always ends up getting, you know, more picks, movies and things around. Like, what what is like what are your thoughts on how Boston did on, on draft night? I felt like they probably traded away the best guy that they picked in Desmond Bay. And I, I was a little surprised by that. I have to be honest, as much as I like Peyton Pritchard, and while I do think Peyton Pritchard is a very – Offensively talented player, works incredibly hard. It was pretty surprising to see him pick 26. Um, it, was, it was surprising to see Aaron Neesmith picked uh, 14 to Boston. Um, I, I felt like they maybe could have done a little bit better there also. Um, word was that Aaron Neesmith might have still had um, foot issues. And as well as, like, he shot out of his mind in the small sample size he played uh, – for Vanderbilt as a sophomore, but didn't shoot that same percentage as a freshman. Like, look good. And shooting is not his concern. Like, the guy is a good movement shooter and um, obviously really good off of the ball. But it's just about all those other things, and you, you kind of wonder where that fits in. But, yeah, they drafted two guys that can stretch the floor. Um, they draft, They sign a guy like Tristan Thompson. Yeah, I think he gives, who, I think he gives us a good interior toughness. Yeah, and like he's honestly, he's pretty similar to like uh, Daniel Tice. Like they're, yeah. they're they're two of kind of the same guy, a little undersized, but do bring that interior toughness. Um, yeah, and they obviously still have Robert Williams, and hope that maybe he could be like that different look center. Um, I, I think they were kind of probably happy to uh, have a guy like Tristan who could maybe be a bit more of a defensive minded big as opposed to and his canter, who they had last year. And they also signed Jeff Teague, who will replace Brad Rodemaker and, uh, as the backup point guard for Kemba Walker, who I've heard today is going to be out for a while. So, yeah, I hope that Kemba Walker comes back in full strength, and that's really key to Boston. I do feel like Boston did not necessarily improve, though. And that, that's like obviously they weren't going to pay a long-term contract for Gordon Hayward. They did the right thing and signed Jason Tatum to a long-term max extension because he is their centerpiece of their team. Um, Obviously the year before they had signed Jalen Brown for a long-term extension. So they have those three guys in Kemba, Jalen, Jason Tatum making quite a bit of money. And those are three like all-star level guys with Jason Tatum being an all NBA level guy. Yeah. and yeah, so they have their core, but yeah, you, it's still, I think that the major key is going to be like some of their rookies getting a little bit better, like Grant Williams getting a little bit better. Um, hopefully maybe getting some more out of some of the guys they had drafted the year before and like Romeo Langford, Tremont Waters, uh, Carson Edwards, but yeah, they're, they're banking on, on a lot of youth. And they, and- also got taco, they also got taco fall on the two-way contract. But they had Taco. Fall. I know they had him on like last year. <laughs> it's like you know he, he's still there. I know. Um, I wish him the best. He seems like he's gonna be their fourth center. So yeah, he is a lot of fun. But um, and I'm sure he's gonna tear it up for me. But he um, yeah, 
as fun as it is to have the tallest player in the NBA, um, I'm not sure he makes up for the issues that they have now. Uh, and the, the fact that – so the guys who kind of, like, run the team are – so you have, like, Kemba, obviously. You have Marcus Smart. And then Jason Tatum, his development as a playmaker was just a huge evolution to Boston as a team. Um, and then, then, yeah, you have a guy like Jeff Teague, who's not necessarily, like, the most exciting player, but nonetheless a guy with experience, a guy who at one time was an all-star, has some speed and uh, some playmaking ability as well. Um, but, yeah, you still – like, Gordon Hayward was a really big part to what made them such a dangerous team. And losing him – they got to the conference finals without Gordon Hayward. Yeah, but he was a huge reason why they, I think – They were in that position. Yeah. Yeah. He's a big reason why they had a chance to go to the NBA finals. And he was not himself. And, but don't get me wrong, we'll mention the Gordon Hayward signing in a little bit. But I, I, I think um, the players that they signed aren't necessarily going to make up for the fact that they lost a guy like Gordon. And, um, yeah, it, you still, I, I feel, have a, a few issues with the team. So they're, I don't feel like they're a lot worse, and they're probably like still like a top um, of the Eastern Conference, like in that top four. But there, there may have been some teams that surpassed them. And, um, yeah, it's going to be about the young guys' improvement and uh, hopefully Kemba Walker not being out too long as well. Yeah, I think I think for them, I think yeah, like they kind of to me they stay in the same place a little bit because I think the Eastern Conference isn't that strong or, or, or deep necessarily. So they're they're already like by default like just maintaining some status quo like already like up there. Um, I just want the record to show as well. I do not endorse any Peyton Pritchard slander of any kind. So when we we can replay this years from now, and I'll be like, no, I stood by Peyton. I believed. Very happy got the first round promise, but I obviously understand the NBA's the NBA, but wishing the best. And I'm very against any slander of any kind for him. That's that's great. It was, it was not what, the what an impassioned response. <laughs> it wasn't the speech I had planned in my head initially, but I, yeah, you, you sure worked on it, Lincoln. <laughs> I, I dig it. Happy for him, wishing wishing the best in the league, and obviously. We will talk a lot about products as the season goes by. Yeah, for sure. But moving along, uh, Brooklyn. No, we're, we're sticking here for a second. You, so you, meant, you mentioned Peyton Pritchard, and then you bring up nothing about Yadar and the fact that he was taken in the second round. Tough guy from Israel. Um, likely a stash, but he, he was a, an intriguing second-round pick and just a, a guy who has a lot of toughness, has some ability to get to the basket, um, to – run a team a little bit. So yeah, I, I thought he was an interesting second round pick. And, um, but otherwise I, I kind of stand by the fact that uh, I'm, I, I feel like there might've been some point guards who could have been maybe a little bit more helpful to Boston than Peyton Pritchard. I know that's sacrilegious and I am rooting for Peyton Pritchard to do very well, but I am going to stand by my draft board and say that th- there's at least one guy who was drafted a little bit later who I, I thought might have been a-, a really nice pick for the Celtics there. Whatever and- gets through the night. And then a, c- a couple other guys, like, you know, like Desmond Bain, like Xavier Tillman Sr., who both go to the same team. Um, but, yeah, 
we'll we'll move on and uh we're going to a team that has they haven't done a ton this off season so far they don't uh, need to, they don't need to do a ton either in brooklyn they're kind of locked in with you know durant and kyrie oh yeah but of course the rumors for james harden um yeah still nothing as far as that goes in in terms of any new updates or anything like that and as we said in our last episode we felt like maybe um there could be possible better offers out there it seems like philly's kind of standing pat so yeah i'm i'm not sure maybe maybe the nets will have a an offer that houston likes for james harden and that will happen and then it'll just be like that three-headed monster and uh, crazy crazy uh, scoring scoring trio but yeah right now um they drafted reggie perry who was always kind of like a an interesting big guy um he actually won the mvp of the united teams a couple summers ago played for mississippi state um is like basically a, a four with some ball skills and passing ability um kind of it's not necessarily like a what you would think of classically as a stretch, but it ha- has some perimeter ability and um, a really good frame as well. And then they signed Jeff Green, who did really good things. It's like a small doing well in Houston, yeah. yeah. And also played played with, you know, with Kevin Durant as a rookie. Yeah. yeah. And um, then the trade that they did, so they had the 19th pick. They trade that in a three-way deal with the Clippers, um, and they end up with Landry Shamet who has been a a nice rotation piece for uh, the Clippers. And he is – Brooklyn, obviously, looking for shooters. They do re-sign Joe Harris to, like, a really sweet deal. Yeah, he got a decent decent payday. They they bring back their, you know, shooting threat. And then they have a guy like Landry Shamet, too. And then um, the other guy that they trade for, Bruce Brown, just before the draft, um and you know another like nice backup card um so yeah they they have a a little bit of guard depth that they acquired and um it's they have a really like i think they're going to be a really fun team yeah totally and i think you know i think they were kind of a you know even in the bubble were like kind of an excited with like karis lavert and they were a surprise team i I felt in the bubble um And that doesn't, you know, consider that, you know, they have like DeAndre, you know, DeAndre, Kyrie, Kevin Durant, not even, not even in attendance. So you're throwing them in this mix, you know, Steve Nash, Mike D'Antoni is going to be assistant. So it's probably, again, going to be like up-tempo. Mars. All the, yeah. Oh, you hadn't heard about that one? No. That he was still playing in Israel. Oh, nice. Yeah. So they're, uh, they're bringing back all the seven seconds or less guys. Yeah. It's great. Like, they're, so yeah, should be a, a fun style. I expect some Kevin Durant at the five. I, I'm expecting some really cool small ball lineups, and they they have a lot of guys that can handle the ball. You know, you have like Kyrie Irving, you have Karis LeVert, you have Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, yeah, and then the center thing with the. Uh, I'm guessing that obviously um, Durant and Kyrie are likely going to want DeAndre Jordan. And Jared Allen is somebody who you're going to have to talk about an extension with. I wouldn't be surprised if they end up trading Jared Allen unfairly. No, totally. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Like, 
and obviously if you have guys like uh you know Spencer Dinwiddie already talking about leaving like ASAP so he's another possible trade chip um yeah I it seems like the trade for Harden isn't out of like uh contention but so far there let's just say their their offseason hasn't been like hugely inspiring <laughs> for anything but they're still obviously going to be better because they have uh Kevin Durant coming back and he is somebody who at low seems like a top 10 player in the league um you just wonder how exactly he's going to come back from the Achilles injury but yeah he's Kevin Durant and uh one of the best players of all time That's and true. one of the hardest players to stop in NBA history you assume he's going to come back and be pretty good and uh, make them a contending team. And they have a lot of good pieces to do it as is. And they have some possible trade chips to get even better. So yeah, we're, we're going to say that they stay the same based on them getting back Kevin Durant and hopefully Kyrie Irving and um, looking like a, a contending team in the Eastern Conference. Oh, definitely, yeah. I think Kevin Durant is back. You're contending. Like it just, I, I have a hard time not seeing him going, going deep in the playoffs. I mean, oh, it's gonna be gonna be pretty much locked in his. It, he certainly has a chance to be the best player in that conference, and yeah, he he could, uh, yeah, you know, Kevin Durant has been in the Western Conference this whole time. This will be his first year in the Eastern Conference, and we'll see if he does what people said LeBron James did, and kind of like running the Eastern Conference all these years. Um, he has a, a few nice contending teams there and probably a little bit better competition than LeBron might have. But um, yeah, still, it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Let's move on to Charlotte. And they get the guy who I, I had number one on my board. So I thought automatically they started the draft very well and drafting Lamella Ball, who is a fan, like one of the best passers in the world and um, excellent ball handler, has ability to do a little bit of everything, really great rebounder. Um, he's has an incredible like floater game. He, you just feel like he's going to eventually affect teams as a shooter, and at least he has a great deal of confidence if he yeah. hasn't come through yet in terms of efficiency. But yeah, he's super talented and they need an influx of that for sure. Um, they also draft Vernon Carey in the second round. And I like, while I liked Xavier Tillman more than Vernon Carey, like I would have had him higher on my board as well. Um, I feel like that wasn't a terrible pick. And I just feel like Vernon Carey is going to be at least like a decent offensive big man. And the fact that he lost all that weight, like I, I wonder what that does for him defensively, just in terms of conditioning. And then obviously he jumps at way too many things and has a tough time moving his feet on the perimeter. But, you know, I'm willing to give him a chance and I'm not completely out on him. They get a lob threat at 42 with Nick Richards. Didn't like love the pick and wasn't a huge Nick Richards guy, but athletic big man. And they needed a little influx there. And then um, the other guy who I did have as a, a first-round grade, um, Grant Riller. And they get him at 56. I heard there were some possible injury concerns. He measured a little bit smaller in the combine, but he was one of the best guard finishers in the NCAA, if not the best. 
He can shoot. He can play make. His defense is a little iffy, but I, you just feel like he has a, a really great basketball IQ and is strong and a scoring threat and somebody that they could probably use uh, eventually to be a little bit of a spark plug off of the bench. Um, yeah, they, their roster is still kind of a mess. Like they signed, of course they signed Gordon Hayward. Yeah. They overpaid like hell. Like it was just, he's not that level of guy anymore, but he's still good. And he, he still, he was shooting really well last year. He's a great playmaker. He can dribble, shoot. He can, um, you know, take advantage of, of mismatches on the wing. He um, can play like positions like two through four. So you can use him in a bunch of versatile lineups. Uh, PJ Washington, very promising rookie season. Miles um, Bridges is a guy you're hoping for a lot more in his uh, third season in, in the NBA. You get Devontae Graham with a tremendous season last year. I feel like they're probably going to start LaMelo and bring Devontae off the bench, but you, you don't really know. Um, Terry Rozier is another guy who, you know, obviously he played with Gordon Hayward on those Celtics teams, yeah. but he um, is still somebody you're not completely sure of as far as their long-term future and maybe used as possibly a trade chip. But um, yeah, I, I think LaMelo at least makes him a lot more exciting and um, I, I think has them at least in the right direction. And then Gordon at least makes them better in the short term. So, yeah, I, I think they at least got a little bit better this year. And they have, like, you know, the, the couple guys who you're going to have your, your, your team around, I think, the, in the next couple years with uh, Gordon Hayward and LaMelo Ball. No, totally. Yeah, I still think outside of the playoffs, but I think, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. More, more respectable, possibly this year. But yeah, we'll see. Like Gordon Hayward kind of gives him like at least a go-to guy for now. And yeah, like till Lamelo, Lamelo comes along. And now yeah. Lavar and Michael Jordan can finally have that one-on-one game that everyone's been waiting for. That's what you're hoping. Like that, that, that's where the real big bucks are. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> Um, geez, that wouldn't even be fun. Oh, no, that would uh, uh, just be brutal. They wouldn't let people watch that as a slaughtering. Yeah. I'm talking LeVar is going to take it to Michael Jordan. That was my, that was my take. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Never lost. Look at how we have Chicago, who, who brought up the, the first, you know, one through three. Like, we knew who was going one through three. I mean, the order was kind of like, could be up for grabs. But we kind of knew, like, who those guys were we called one through three we called one through three and then and then i as i said at number four not that, that was any like big deal and a lot yeah. of people but yeah, yeah. And then, as i said on pick number four perfect no more so like yeah chicago comes comes in really does a you know who was rapidly moving up up boards but i think we had him at nine in our final mock no I, we haven't seven, seven but, um, yeah yeah, because I, I believe the Pistons rumor. Um, so had Patrick Williams at seven. Thought about playing him at six. And then um, I, I hadn't even heard like he was possibly as high as Chicago. I think the deal was that he is somebody who has great size, showed a lot of athletic promise, showed some pull-up shooting ability. And then uh, defensively was a great uh, weak side rim protector. I guess – um, possible versatility in guarding either forward spot 
And then you, you see how well, like, you know, these big forwards who can play either spot um, do really well in the playoffs. And I, I think that's kind of what Chicago was looking to. He'll have a chance to kind of come along uh, slowly, uh, at least currently behind, like, guys like, it seems like their starting lineup still is going to be like Otto Porter, um, Larry Markinen, and Wendell Carter Jr. But yeah, like they, they needed help on the wing and um, they needed a little bit more depth as well. So yeah, Patrick Williams seems like an intriguing guy. Um, even showed like some, he didn't run it a lot, but showed some ability in the, in the pick and roll as well. So I, I see that where they're, they're coming from there and uh, why Patrick Williams was such an enticing pick. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought it, it was a decent pick. It might not have been who I would have chosen, but still pretty good. They get Marco Simonovic, who was a talented player for uh, Mega Baymax, and he um, is likely still going to, to stay over, so he, he's kind of like a draft and staff in the second round. And then um, as far as free agent signings so far, they have Garrett Temple. To me, they're looking like they're staying around the same place. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would. They they need to make some moves there until I I believe they move up. Like obviously the the coaching change in getting uh, Billy Donovan like is interesting, but I, I'm and and yeah, like obviously they'll, they'll have a little bit more experience. So I maybe they'll be a little bit better, but nothing they did this offseason is, uh, I think. Yeah, get get, get get them over that. Huh. Them in the immediate future. And probably still keeps them in like a lottery contention next year. No, totally. If the draft is actually held next year in in person in New York, they they should already be booking their tickets in hotels. Like I, I think they have a very good chance of. of well, being... everybody goes to the draft, Jason. <laughs> they they will. Um, no, I think that they'll definitely. Yeah, I think they're 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 okay, and but they're yeah they're they're still just not like over the hump. It's kind of like, you know, your guys like Zach Levine and. You know he's he's good and he he puts up great like good good games but it's like consistent play to like lead in the playoffs. Yeah, Zach has never been in the playoffs. Yeah, that's that's the thing when you know you're, when you think of guys who are good players like who get brought up in all star conversations but have never been in the playoffs. You think of Zach Levine, um, shot extremely well last year obviously is an incredible athlete but defensively a lot of issues um kobe white was nice and had some great scoring runs himself um they're apparently higher on lowry than uh wendell carter jr who i still think wendell carter jr is a very talented center and lowry has never really um kind of lived up to his billing as this like world-class shooter yet um albeit has been a, a good big man shooter, but yeah, they, um, th this is going to be a, an interesting year for Chicago. I think they at least will show a little bit more promise, but yeah, they, uh, they haven't done anything this off season to make you think that they're like playoff bound next year. Um, but I, I think they'll at least have a little bit more fight. But speak, speaking of the lottery, of course, we, we move on to another team that will be meeting Chicago there in the lottery, possibly competing. For a good sport, we're talking Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah, and they have really not done uh, a ton. I did like the drafting of Isaac Okoro, and I, I thought that was an interesting pick. They had been linked to Obi Toppin. They had been linked to uh, Danny Avdia. And Isaac is just a fantastic defender, has 
a little bit of playmaking ability as well, like a, a good ball handler, really strong, really athletic, and bring something to uh, their team in terms of like being that secondary playmaker. They didn't have a ton of guys that could like pass well last year. Um, and then shooting, obviously a, a huge caveat with him and he just didn't seem confident at times and his shot is nothing to really write home about, but he at least has a great work ethic and possible upside there, but can, can do a little bit of everything else. And then also brings like versatility as a defender, um, really good on ball, but can guard multiple positions and then is a smart off ball player as well. So one of the smarter players in the draft, really strong. And I, I think he's going to be able to come in and contribute past that. They have. I think that's a good benefit for him getting getting picked there as well, because like going to Cleveland, he is going to get a lot of time. He's going to get a chance. Yeah, he, to no, he, he a chance to get on the court immediately. Absolutely. Yeah. They um, you know, obviously they have like a guy like Chetty Osman. They have a uh, Dylan Windler, hopefully is healthy, and uh, Kevin Porter Jr. But yeah, Isaac Okoro is a guy who I, I think is going to get a lot of minutes there next year. They're still not going to be very good, and it they don't seem like a very enticing free agent destination currently. Um, they haven't really made a lot of moves like Tristan Thompson, obviously leaving. They have uh, Andre Drummond and Kevin Love still. Andre Drummond, of course, took his um, player option. But yeah, they're, I think they're likely to make some deals, but also likely to be in um, lottery, like yeah, high lottery. Because like, I don't know, yeah, if Kevin Love's gonna come back and then also like, what's the market for either he or Andre Drummond? Yeah. You know, and those, those are the two guys you want to move to, like, a free up space and just influx new people. Well, like, or the other thing is you can just have them and let their contracts run out, and then you will free up space also. But, yeah, to possibly get um, some further talent, and I, I'm sure that at some point they're at least going to uh, run around the idea of training them or try to trade them. But yeah, Cleveland right now, nothing really inspiring this offseason. They signed Damian Dotson, and that's like an, another wing guy who can possibly play some minutes for them. But yeah, nothing too inspiring this offseason. And uh, I think they're staying in the bottom of the Eastern Conference. Yeah, they're staying in that same same region. Yep. Coming on, we got Dallas. The Dallas Mavericks. The Dallas Luka Doncic's. Yeah, they um, did really well in the draft. Like, they, they were one of the better drafting teams. I, I felt like they got some really good value. Josh Green was a player that I always liked and thought was one of the better defensive wings in the draft. Has potential as a shooter, good passer, smart player as well, works really hard. Um, not very good at finishing around the basket, but guessing he um, will likely be um, – just spot up shooting a lot for his offense and has a chance to work on that already a really good athlete. So maybe he can um, work on that aspect of his game and at least become respectable there. Um, and then in the second round, I thought they did some really good work. They got Tyrell Terry, who is, was one of the top like off ball shooting prospects. And you kind of worried about him having a lot of, uh, on-ball responsibility. Well, he kind of goes in and will likely fill in for some of their small guards who might not be with the team. Seth Curry, of course, got traded. Um, and then Tyler Bay is another, like, really good defensive yeah, prospect. Defensive he's, um, at, at, like, is undersized, like, 
kind of, but is likely to play the four and um, just, you know, has that uh, explosive leaping ability, has the defensive ability and is another guy who doesn't need like a, a huge amount of usage and can play off ball. So yeah, they have a, three guys who you could see playing uh, alongside Luka Doncic, not to mention that they trade for another defensive piece. And yes, they lose a great shooter and offensive player and uh, one of the small guards who played a ton with Luka last year in Seth Curry, but they bring in Josh Richardson, who is a really solid starting wing. So yeah, that should be a quite a bit of fun. And I think Dallas improved defensively, like almost immediately. And I, like, I, I just have a feeling they're going to be a better team. Christoph Porzingis is of course a huge piece and you hope that he comes back as soon as possible, but they, they have the centerpiece in Luca. They were, were the best offensive rating in NBA history last year. And then they got a little bit better defensively. They didn't necessarily get like a ton better offensively, but I think they still have a lot of those pieces around him, like Tim Hardaway Jr., uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, Maxi Kleba. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, I think, going to be a good year for Dallas. And uh, I, I have a feeling like they could go from like that, uh, you know, like seven spot to five like, or something like that. Yeah, because I, th- I think where, where Luca's at, like he's at a, an extremely high level right now. And I think the defensive increase is just going to help them. You know, you got Josh Green you know, can also guard, you know, some of those guys and you can have Luca not be having to guard necessarily the best guard as well. And then I think Tower Bay is just going to be like a good, like off the bench energy guy. And especially kind of making up for, for, you know, if Kristoff's is there, it's again, like he can, he can come in, give you some good minutes, give you some defense some rebounding. Yeah. No, I definitely, I definitely like. Yeah, they moved along right. And what was that trade? Yeah. They moved along right to to Detroit. Um, oh yeah, James Johnson. That was who they they got. So yeah, another kind of defensive minded forward. And um, yeah, they. Uh, I think Dallas is going to be a really interesting team. Yeah. And I, I think obviously those guys are more long term guys. Oh, they signed uh, Wesley Windu, another kind of I guess more defensive minded wing isn't necessarily bringing you a ton offensively but yeah with with Luca is you know the center piece of your offense I think you're just going to have a good offense and getting those defenders around him um, and if they provide like some offensive utility like that's going to be huge yeah that's He's going to have a better year, and Dallas is going to have a better year as well. No, they're definitely definitely a team on the way up. But another team that's up there with them in the Western Conference, at least you know last year as well, Denver Nuggets. That is, you know, they they, lose some important pieces though. Yeah, there's definitely a little bit of at least an important piece. Yeah, and yeah, so they they lose Jeremy Grant, and. I don't know. I guess maybe some people thought Mason Plumley was an important piece, but um, <laughs> we don't like Mason Plumley necessarily. But um, like again, like he was someone who was playing a lot of minutes. Obviously, Jeremy Grant really was coming on in the playoffs and was you know yeah. a huge contributor for them. But they signed a guy who's like kind of like Jeremy Grant and Jermichael Green. Um, they get a, a nice like point guard in uh, Facundo Campazzo, 
and uh, he's an Argentinian who has been playing uh, in Spain. And um, they signed Isaiah Hartenstein as well. Um, draft, they get Zeke Naji at the 22nd pick, and then they trade for RJ Hampton. And he, he's a, a kind of an upside flyer guy at 24, um, really quick. And uh, I, I'm guessing Zeke won't play like a ton of minutes, but he, he's a guy that has a chance to be like a, a good, like, third big and um, at least showed some good offensive skill last year at, um, at uh, Arizona and then has some mobility to maybe be like a, a decent defender along the lot or in time. And um, yeah, of course they, they re-signed uh, Paul Millsap. They heard um, ball ball from his two way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They is under you know, like regular contract now. So Michael Porter Jr., of course, hoping to play a, a huge role next year also. And then you're hoping that Will Barton comes back. They still have Gary Harris. They're certainly a really good team. I don't feel like they've made it over the top, but um, I, I think they're probably going to stay along the same lines. Yeah, I think I think their their core is there just Jamal Jokic and Michael Porter Jr. Like those are their three guys that I just yeah they're pretty special players, especially Jokic and what he what he can do in Jamal the way he Porter's shooting season as a rookie was absurd, and then you know the fact that he has that vertical athleticism, gets rebounds, uh, finishes around the basket like he um, yeah he could be really dangerous um, with a full year and hopefully staying healthy. Um, Jamal Murray had an absolutely absurd playoffs yeah, as well. Not, not scalable, but again, like he plays like 70%. Oh, he's, 70% like, he's established himself as yeah. a, like an all-star guard. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's really good. And you, you hope that he shoots more like in the playoffs than he did during the regular season. If he does that, then yeah, they're, they're a dangerous, dangerous team. Nikola Jokic, I think the best center in the NBA right now. Um, just no so damn unique. You can run your offense through him. And um, yeah, he is a great player to build your team around right now. Um, so yeah, the Denver stays the same. They still stay dangerous. I, I, I still feel like they're like, a, it, it, they may not be the third seed again, but they'll be like Top four, I feel. In the, yeah, they're they're, pu- they're pushing, you know, to, to win some a playoff series or two. Like they're, I think oh, yeah. the the bar we've established that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they've done a loss, you know, two years. So like, yeah, I think the bar is still high for them to be in that. Maybe, maybe not in seven games all the time now. Maybe maybe this year they'll do a five or a six. <laughs> that would be. That'd be yeah, nice. Some never seem to love those seven games. But some of those they are, they are a tough out. But some of those Jamal Murray games, you know, were super, super worth it because, yeah, he was super exciting in the playoffs. And, again, like the highest paid Canadian athlete ever, super exciting. And I think, again, the bar the bar is, like, insanely high for him. And Jokic obviously is just, like, a beast. It's, you know, as long as he keeps staying in shape, which he, you know, he, he did. He, he was. But, you know, obviously sometimes that's a question on him. But I think, I think he'll, be, he'll be ready to go. And, yeah, I like them a lot for next year. But, again, I think, like, there's some teams in the Western Conference, especially the top, that are also not going to go out easily. But 
speaking of you know Western Conference, we're going to move on to Golden State. So this oh, we're, is- we're actually uh, I we're going to go with Detroit. Oh, Detroit. Uh, okay, sorry. Yeah. Uh, so Detroit is a team where um, there there was this meme that I, I sent to you, Jason, where there's a, a show that's quite funny called I Think You Should Leave. And um, he at one point says, well, I don't know whose car this is, but if nobody's going to use it, I guess I'll take it. And uh, that was kind of Detroit's feeling of free agency so far. They're like, we don't know who these guys are, but if nobody's going to sign them, we'll take it. Um, and uh, yeah, that's, Seems to be their their mo. Um, they signed two players who were on Detroit last year, or not on Detroit, on Denver, the team alphabetically right ahead of them, and um, they uh, are yeah, like they might start for them. Like that, that's the the crazy part. Like obviously Jeremy Grant was starting for um, Denver yeah. last year, but was you know kind of like that third or fourth guy. Um, if that, and he, he seems like a, a, a solid, you know, kind of combo forward type, big combo forward type, like we were saying with uh, Patrick Williams, that is, is valuable, but not sure for $20 million. They still have Blake Griffin, of course. They um, signed Mason Plumley. They um, signed uh, Wayne Ellington, uh, Jaleel Okafor. Like it, it was a quite a group and nobody who you're like oh man like this is going to make my team like significantly better um and then the draft they actually drafted somebody very intriguing in Killian Hayes who I think is a huge influx of talent there and to me was the second most interesting guy in the draft behind LaMelo Ball um second on my board so I I love that pick I felt like Isaiah Stewart went too high. Yeah, I think like that was one like no one no one really had him until I, I, I think I think draft Twitter and people were lower on him than NBA people always were. Um, he I, I liked him like at U a dub, but I didn't necessarily yeah think like, like almost seven five wingspan. Always has gotten production. It's just not always like and then of course U dub didn't win very many games. Yeah, yeah. Um, he has a really tough time like loading as an athlete and processing quickly um, as an offensive player in terms of passing. And then defensively, he was playing in that zone. And then he, he was just kind of like that throwback who's a, a little bit, even with the seven five wingspan, like a little bit undersized for a center, albeit very, very strong. But yeah, just not really sure where he fits in, especially with the fact of them signing like Plumlee um, getting Okafor, trading for Dwayne Dedman. It's, there's a lot of bigs there. <laughs> I don't, a, a really interesting logjam. And then they traded for Sadiq Bey and traded Luke Kennard, who was a, a really good guard and, and shooter. They're, I think they were probably a little bit worried about um, signing him to an extension long-term. But um, yeah, like Sadiq Bey, as, as nice as he is, is a potential like combo forward and shooter and provides a little passing. I, I just don't think he really makes them that much better in the short term. And um, there might have been possible like more creative picks to make there at 19. Um, so yeah, I uh, didn't love the 16th, 19th pick. They get Saban Lee also, uh, they trade for him in the second round. 
and really quick uh, guard out of Vanderbilt, but struggles as a shooter. I felt like it was kind of a throwback draft a bit for uh, for Detroit and, and didn't necessarily give them a ton in terms of athleticism, at least until they, they drafted Saban, who needs to work on the skills that a guy like Killian Hayes has. Um, if you combine them as a player, that would be amazing. But yeah, this is a team that um, seems like they're definitely keeping on rebuilding. Yeah, they got to figure out an identity. Yeah, they really do. And I, I think Blake Griffin is likely going to be moved somewhere, hopefully to a, a contending team or, or something like that. But yeah, they, um, Blake, yeah, he still does have player options. It's, it's going to be tough, but yeah, he, um, it, it seems like Detroit got a little bit worse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't know how, how they already were great. They got a little bit worse. And, uh, yeah, it's, um, they're they're a team that still needs a, a few pieces before you you really see where they're going. But I, I think they at least got a really good one in Killian Hayes, and um, yeah, there's some possible upside there um, if he turns out to be as good as uh, I predict he he might be, which could be one of the better players from the 2020 draft. I think I think he's got that potential, but yeah, I think it's just going to be like, how does this team even like cohesively offensively like run yeah. run, a, run run a, you know like run a that's gonna be tough <laughs> well, yeah so i just there there's a lot there that needs to kind of be be figured out so that's why yeah i would again put them back in the back in the lottery yeah next year but now we're going to a team that was in the lottery that you know had you the know, worst in the league yeah. Must be that you know generally is you know you after know, being a five-year dynasty of a team making five yeah. straight NBA finals winning three um, having the best single season record in NBA history. Um, Golden State had a lot of uh, injuries. Yeah, and they, and saw, they saw the core, you know, so, so that's why it's, it's well, they, not Clay. And yeah. uh, as we found out, day of the draft, Clay Thompson had uh, ruptured his Achilles. But it, and, didn't, affect, it didn't affect their, their draft strategy because, again, well, like you would have thought, Clay, oh, maybe they'll go guard, but they, 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 Stick with what a lot of people were, were thinking no, they lean to and their, their draft strategy. It did affect their season trajectory. <laughs> that, that, that's what I feel. So they, they do trade for Kelly Oubre, but the thing is, like, he's not Clay Thompson. And um, the other thing is that they're going to have to pay, like, by getting Kelly Oubre, they're so far over the luxury tax, it's, like, absolutely absurd. Um, and yeah, like they, you just wonder how well they're going to compete. Like the starting lineup looks pretty enticing. So they have step back. You have, uh, like Andrew Wiggins, Kelly Oubre, Draymond Green, James Wiseman. Um, they did sign a few free agents. So they, they got, uh, Kent Bazemore who, you know, is close good, to good, good friend of Steph Curry as well. They, and, they're, um, Brad Wanamaker, who played some good backup minutes for uh, the Celtics last year. They draft a guy in Nico Mannion, who they were quite high on and is a great off-ball relocator, which is one of Steph's great gifts. So he learns from the best and um, is a, a talented shooter as well, has some on-ball ability also. Um, 
so yeah, they that seemed like a, a good pick at 48 in the second round. They get a draft and sash and Justinian Jessup, who's going to play um, in the NBL uh, Australia and uh, played for Boise State last year. Excellent shooter, good playmaker. So somebody who hopefully will come over in a year or two. And, um, but yeah, otherwise, like, I think the clay thing is just a huge damper. They're obviously going to be better. You just wonder what their ceiling is. Yeah, well, it's hard to, it's hard to imagine Steph plays a season and they don't make the play. Like, that, that I, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, no. I, I fully expect them to make the playoffs. It's just now you're like, you were expecting them to possibly be in, like, the contending. No, 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 totally. I, and now it, it's like, maybe they're fighting for a playoff spot. Like, maybe they're like at like a seven, six to eight range. Like, that, that's just kind of what I'm thinking. They have a lot of, like, Andrew Wiggins and Kelly Oubre are guys who have not been on a lot of winning teams. No, totally. Neither, neither one has had that, you know, Andrew like. Wiseman is a rookie. Like, you know, and, and has his own issues in terms of, like, his feel and uh, his NBA readiness and the fact that he hasn't played a game in over a year against a highly competitive competition. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be kind of baby steps this year with Golden State. And losing Clay was just – Yeah, I think, the, I think the injury is what affects – I felt like put a, kind of a damper on, like, the draft as a whole. But, um, yeah, yeah totally. definitely – it, so Golden State on the way up, but just you wonder if they're going to be in that uh, that same – like, obviously, they're not going to be that same team. And, uh, yeah, like, th- this is really like a Stephen Curry year to kind of, like, uh, go all out. You just wonder how well he's going to do that with two guys who need the ball as much as Kelly Oubre and uh, Andrew Wiggins do. Um, so he at least has a little bit of scoring kick from both of those guys, but – yeah, it's it's gonna be uh, the. I, I obviously last year was a really tough year for Steph, but only played a few games. This is might be his toughest playing season in quite a while. Yeah, with a lot of with a lot of focus and crash pressure, a lot of focus pressure on on him. I, yeah, I just think like, yeah, they'll make the playoffs, but you know the lower the lower part. But again, like if they get in that that middle part of the the you know fifteen to to 20 pick next year as well, you know, that gives them someone else that they, you know, maybe can contribute with hopefully Clay coming back. Cause it just, you know, like you feel for, for the guy after his, you know, terrible ACL, you know, to tear your Achilles non, you know, non play, you know, not playing, you know, it's just, it's, just, you know, just sad for a guy that you well, know. He tore it while playing, but. Well, yeah. playing, but like in a, like not in the game, but like, you, you know, he's someone that's like itching like crazy to get back out there. And you, you just like, it just, it's, a, it's heartbreaking. Of course. Um, moving on to the Houston Rockets. Um, they drafted Kenyon Martin Jr. He played for IMG Prep last year. He had played for Sierra Canyon the year before. Um, like his father, he's an incredibly explosive athlete, but he's smaller than his father. Um, you're not exactly sure where he fits in on NBA floor, but if you were going to think of one of the better fits for him in like being a kind of a small ball five type guy, Houston certainly seems to fit that uh, that look. So he goes to maybe an ideal situation for him. But if, if they if they kind of keep that going, you know, under a new coaching regime, I I feel like they're going to have a, a relatively similar style. But yeah, it, we'll, we'll see. Um, they did. They did. They, they do sign Demarcus Cousins. 
which sure. hopefully, hopefully for him after, you know, as many heartbreaking seasons as he's had, hopefully gets a chance to actually go out and play. Ugh, yeah, he's, he's had rough injury luck the last number of years. Um, and they trade for Christian Woods, too. So they do get, like, two kind of, I guess, true bigs, but at the same time, like, really kind of, like, talented offensive bigs who don't necessarily, like, fit into that box necessarily. Like, yeah, they, they're not completely, like, boxed in and, like, they're not lumbering. Let's just put it that way. Um, and then uh, Houston also signed Jason Tate, who had been playing overseas the last couple of years, uh, played for Ohio State. He's kind of like a, a rough, um, you know, I would say undersized combo forward. Sterling Brown, who's played some decent minutes with Milwaukee over the years. Um, so, yeah, they still seem to be keeping that same relative style, albeit, you know, signing the two more like center type guys. Um, they're going to be worse. Like they're, I, I, I completely feel like they're going to trade um, Russell Westbrook and James Harden somewhere. Yeah, that's, that's the thing that's hanging over them the whole season is like, do either one of those guys want to be there? The yeah. No. <laughs> like, they, don't, they don't want to be there and like they're hoping to be traded. They don't have a ton of leverage because they still have another year on their contract after this one. Um, so yeah, and with Russ, I think there are two more years even after this. But he, uh, they, yeah, they, they seem to want to be dealt and uh, just uh, are kind of done with that experiment that didn't last a, a very long time with the way they played. And it was a very fun style while it did last. But yeah, they uh, don't end up keeping like a Trevor Ariza or anything like that or going for uh, a rebuild. Well, I, I think as soon as you saw them trade Covington, um, it looked like they were going to kind of rebuild. They get a draft pick from the Portland Trailblazers, but um, yeah, they uh, they look like they're definitely on the decline, and uh, we will see what happens there. But yeah, it's uh, it's not looking great. Yeah, not um, the unhappiness of two, two, you know, not looking great in in the short term. I think in the long term it could turn out pretty well, and we'll see because they'll they'll be in lottery contention. They'll have some draft capital. Um, yeah. It, it, I, I think it could be like a pretty quick turnaround for them. Uh, but yeah, just in, in terms of from 2019-20 uh, to 2020-21, um, it, it's going to be tough. Indiana drafts Cassius Stanley as the 54th pick. I don't find that to be a very big deal. I, I know how great of an athlete he is, but I, I just don't think that really moves the needle for them at all. Not that you really expect that at the 54th pick. Um, they trade for a Jason Weisenberg favorite, Jalen McHugh. I like Jalen McHugh. Yeah. But I mean, and, I'm, so they, they get like two of the most insane vertical athletes in the NBA, um, just both like without the requisite like uh, standing reach or anything to necessarily have that like jump out of the gym or anything like that. Um, or, you know, yeah. They, they, I, I don't know if either of those guys are clearing the vertex even with uh, – how how high they jump? Um, I think Jalen has has burst and athletic potential, but obviously, yeah. like you yeah. know, obviously not going to go in and, and be the you know be the star player on Indiana. And but the you know, but Indiana has the same question that Houston does. You know, you have Victor Oladipo and Miles Turner. But does Victor Oladipo? You know, is he going to stick around? Like, yeah, well, Victor Oladipo straight up free agent, and have heard that he's very much looking to get moved somewhere. 
Miles Turner was uh, rumored to be on the trading block also. Yeah, those are those are a couple guys who uh, Indiana might end up losing. But otherwise, they still have, like, a pretty nice team. Like, they have a, a, a pretty good group of guys. TJ Warren was one of, like, the, you know. One of the bubble guys. And uh, had this insane score, scoring stretch there. Um, Malcolm Brogdon, great free agent signing. So, yeah, like, they should still be pretty decent. Hopefully, and hopefully Sabonis can come back healthy. Yeah. Well, yeah, the the key is Domus coming back and it was an all-star last year. Um, and Victor coming back to, like, the point of where he – closer to where he was than um, what he brought last year. Um, but, yeah, I, I feel like Indiana is still going to be solid. They probably won't be, like, a top-four team like they were last year. But um, they should still be, like, a, a pretty decent team. And we'll see what they do as far as uh, – acquisitions go and um yeah it just definitely doesn't seem like victor's there for the long run um but yeah they uh, went with a, a couple of young athletes who they're hoping to make miracles um but yeah indiana's still like a, a pretty solid team and um I I, i'm guessing like, a little bit more yeah i think a little bit lower but i think the playoffs are still still in oh yeah because you know the east yeah, yeah, they just they have a lot of solid pieces um, unless they make some moves that uh, kind of look towards the longer term. Um, the Clippers, they uh, – I, I wasn't blown over by them trading for Daniel Turu in the second round. Um, they get Jaden Scrub also, who was a guy that I had predicted would be in the first round more as kind of like a rumor. Um, but he uh, – yeah, they, they're both guys who are, are more – kind of long-term. The one interesting thing is, uh, well, they, they actually, so they have a couple. So they sign um, Serge Ibaka at, at, for the mid-level, and he basically will replace uh, Montrez Harrell. And I think it's a pretty good replacement. Like, yes, for the short term, Harrell, obviously a younger player. But, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting because Serge provides the, the shooting that Harrell didn't have. A, a bit more of a defender than Harrell um, has, of course, the relationship with Kawhi. Leonard. I think that the relationship with Kawhi, I think, is a big reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being super yeah. successful, they were they were hoping. I, the The word was that the Clippers had wanted Doc Rivers to play Zubats more than uh, Harrell in the playoffs, and um, yeah, so Serge, a really interesting alternative there, um, should be just that solid center off the bench like he was for Toronto and did really good things there. Um, Luke Kennard is uh, a lot of the same of what Landry Shamet was uh, bringing to the table. It's maybe even a, a better shooter and a, also a better playmaker, not necessarily the defender, but I, I don't think Shamet was a guy that you were expecting like crazy defensive things out of either. Um, and I think the Clippers defense in general is still going to be, Solid. They don't necessarily have that like point guard that I know that they have desperately wanted, um, but I, I think they're going to be right around the same level, and they're still going to be a really dangerous team. Like they, this is a a really good group. They re-signed Marcus Morris um, for a pretty long term. You don't know what Kawhi and uh, Paul George have planned for after this season. Other than turning down their player options, most likely, and uh, looking for better deals. But yeah, they, um, 
they still have, yeah, a really solid team. They, you're assuming that Lou Williams is back. And, uh, yeah, like, I, I think Serge Ibaka definitely um, eases the blow of, of losing, like, Montrez, which was something that was just going to happen. Yeah, of course, when that, when that went down, you're like, yeah, that's um, – But, yeah, they're, they're, I, I think they're still very much in the thick of things. But uh, let's move on to the Lakers because, on paper, the Lakers look better um, this coming year than they did last year. Um, I, think, I think for the Lakers, staying, staying out of the draft, you know, and, and making that move to get Schroeder and giving up your draft. Yeah, I wonder. Like, that, that's, that's a, a big thing. So, like, Danny Green is such an established wing to the point where if you play him, and even if he's not making shots – defensively he still kind of brings that spark and still kind of brings that like that experience where you're happy having him on the floor and i i don't know if this is necessarily like if losing some of those guys might actually hurt them but it i think at least on paper it, it looks pretty good marcus soul is a guy who i think people are prematurely saying is washed and i i think First off, he's a center that like Anthony Davis will love playing next to and actually has playmaking ability and some ability to stretch the floor. Yeah, yeah I think defense. So he he's like basically, you know, a very different player from Jabelle or uh Dwight Howard, but still kind of like, you know, the the old school big, except with like a much <laughs> higher basketball IQ. Yeah. Um and then um, Wes Matthews, I think, is a really nice signing and did great things with Milwaukee the year before. Both of those guys, really old by NBA terms. Like, that, that's the other thing. So you, you don't know if that extra year of wear it could um, have hurt, like, their possible efficiency. But, yeah, still assuming that Marcus Gasol is, is um, at least a, a playable big man for the Lakers. Well, you, you uh, the- Morris also. You look at the way the Lakers play in the playoffs too. It's like it's not like Marcus is gonna, you know, he might sit out, you know, not playing a game because you know they're matching up, Anthony Davis. Yeah. Well, he, he, he's the the Jokic matchup. Yeah, like, he's just like yeah, he's like, yeah. yeah, he's like the he's, guy when you he's, he's, he's there. He he is he's a situational guy, but we also know that Anthony Davis doesn't love playing center. Yes, yeah, so yeah, try and have Marcus Hall out there as much as possible. Yeah, and um, and and Morris, like they they have a good like front court of yeah. guys to like protect Anthony. Like I, I feel like I feel like they probably start LeBron, Wes, um, uh, KCP, Anthony Davis, and Marcus Hall. Have Trez and Schroeder come off the bench. It was good, which is such a, a very good spark. Yeah, yeah. Well, the two. Uh, highest vote getters for six man of the year, so they bring it. They have a little bit more of that um, spark off the bench that they really didn't have much of last year. Um, and of course, it, we haven't even mentioned Kyle Kuzma, who we don't know exactly what he's going to be like in in terms of an extension. And there have been trade rumors there, but still another like yeah, solid that's why you're bringing it off the bench that can. Um, so yeah, like Schroeder is a, at least another guy who provides some playmaking. Um, Rondo did some really good things in the playoffs, but Schroeder has a little bit more um, ability to create offense for himself, and um, it, you're, you're hoping a, a little bit higher shooting potential, albeit Rondo, like, over his first 11 games in the playoffs shot out of this world. But, um, 
which yeah. is something we didn't think we would say at the beginning of his career. So it's, you know, he definitely yeah. is someone that really, really well, shooting is something that usually, you know, kind of works over time and um, gets a little better. Like shooting is something that you can definitely fix with time. Oh, no, no, totally, totally. It's not, it's not uncurable. But yeah, like, you know, like Jason Kidd, like was a guy who by the end of his career was a guy you had to worry about shooting the ball. Um, and so they, still, they still have, of course, they still have Alex Caruso, which again. Yeah. It, well, he's he's been a really just solid guard for them. Yeah. And of course, love, but can play some defense, uh, provide some playmaking, and if he's knocking down shots, that's just gravy. Um, so yeah, he oh like just he's such a ball hawk. Like that guy is yeah. always on the ball. Um, so you the Lakers on paper look better. Let's just say they, they say the same. Like yeah. it, it's gonna be it's gonna be the same. Um, you certainly hope that they're better for their sake, but yeah, it, it'll be interesting. But yeah, they, they got, um, uh, like on paper, it does look better. Um, but you know, they, they lose a, a few guys. They lose, uh, like Dwight Howard, um, Danny Green, Dwight, Dwight, by the time Dwight got to the finals, obviously wasn't doing very much, but you know, Dwight played good minutes for them last year. Javel played good minutes for them last year. You assume that, um, Marcus and, uh, Montrez Harrell can more than make up for that at center. Um, you're hoping that like uh, Wes Matthews is, he's not Danny Green, but he's someone of like a yeah, so like, discount Danny Green. Yeah, like the same archety- like archetype. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's he just always been a solid shooter. Get some defense out of him. And actually, he's the, he's the first ever, like he and his between, because his dad played for the Lakers in the 80s and they're like the first father-son to ever play for the Lakers. That's cool. And and, so, uh, and for Marcus, so it's cool because he gets to come full circle to the team that drafted him. Absolutely, and I, I think uh, I read that um, Mark and Power are the first brothers to ever play for the Lakers. Yeah, yeah, so, lots of uh, checks out. So yeah, family uh, family things going on with the Lakers, and I'm sure LeBron is hoping that his dream of having uh, playing next to Bronny happens in uh, a few years. But um, we'll move on to the Memphis Grizzlies, who were one of my star teams on draft night. I really loved what they did. They um, were part of a, a three-team trade that uh, landed them Desmond Bain. They traded up to get Xavier Tillman Sr., who had played with Jaron Jackson Jr. at um, Michigan State. Those are They were probably the two best seniors in the draft. Desmond Bain, an uh, unreal shooter and had like, this amazing shooting career and uh, can play defense, really good passer, really strong. Um, and so the Grizz needed shooting. So that, that's, that's a big key there. Well, they made an interesting they get, after the draft too. Like, you know, obviously maybe not this year, but Killian Tilly as well. Yeah, well, Killian Tilly was a, a great undrafted signing and another like smart player. Like they, they get three of draft Twitter's favorite guys. Yeah. Tilly has just had so many injuries that I, I think that was the only reason he went undrafted because otherwise, like if he is healthy, he has a chance to get on the floor and play NBA minutes um, as a, a big four or five. Yeah, stretch four. Uh, likely, likely a four due to the shorter wingspan, but yeah, he can certainly play there. Great passer. He and Xavier Tillman Sr. when we did the, um, NBA draft superlatives for um, prep to pro. They were the two best passers out of the short roll, the two best screen setters. Like they're they're doing a lot of uh, the the dirty work, 
and uh, things off of the ball. So the Grizzlies will love that if uh, they get on the floor. So they get a couple guys who potentially could be, play complementary roles for them. Um, you hope that Justice Winslow is healthy. Um, but yeah, and then they, they re-signed DeAnthony Melton. Um, as far as anything else, oh yeah, they signed uh, Jonte Porter too to um, a three-year deal. So yeah, they have a bunch of draft Twitter's favorite guys. You assume that John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr., who last year like was shooting insane clip for a six foot eleven big man. Um, you're hoping his defense gets closer to where it was projected, but still good on that end of the floor. So yeah, they're they're really intriguing, and they should be fighting for a playoff spot next year. Yeah, I think the, the... I, I'm I'm thinking like around the same level, but yeah, like they, they're still pretty good, and um, I, I think they they might have gotten a little bit better, but I, I'm guessing somewhere around that same level. Yeah, I think like you know six or seven to like maybe being that first team out, you know nine, kind of like again. Well, so yeah, no, I think I think Memphis Memphis did really well, and then moving on, we got Miami. Miami, a team that definitely exceeded expectations in play last year by making to making to the finals, because obviously not a team, you know, people really had on the, the radar for the, for the finals, and they they obviously had a lot. Like that was the thing. Like the the East was open, they were good, and Jimmy was just. Oh, no, Jimmy, Jimmy's like, and, then, and then the other thing was ba- the evolution of Bam Adebayo. Yeah, and he got he got an extension, so he's, he's so he uh, and th- he didn't even take a, a player option for that um, fifth year, so he's signed for Miami for quite a while. Um, so yeah, they have and they re-signed Goron. They have Andre Iguodala back. They have Kelly Olynyk. They re-signed Myers Leonard. They sign uh, Avery Bradley to part of the mid level. And then Maurice Harkless too. So yeah, like, they Maurice Harkless to part of the mid level as like, well. So it's yeah. like two kind of role role guys that you know can you know help. They did lose Jay Crowder, who played a, a really nice role for them in the playoffs. Um, but yeah, I, I, and they draft Precious Achua, who's a really good energy guy, older for a freshman. But the the guy who they kind of compare him to, just in terms of like having that amazing athleticism and having some of those like you know like he's he's a decent ball handler he his passing feel is nowhere close to what Bam Adebayo has shown but Bam Adebayo wasn't necessarily the the passer that people didn't really see Bam being like the offensive hub that he ended up becoming um so Precious and another guy they can kind of work with um you of course have the uh, hopeful evolution of Tyler Hero also. Um, so yeah, they they should be better. Like in that they should be a better seed next year. Well, I think um, I think yeah, the, I think I think the, yeah, the way they the way they ended gives them that confidence. Yeah, that I, yeah, I think so, it's like somewhere in like the um, one to three range. Like I I don't know if they'll be the the best regular season team in the Eastern Conference, but. Yeah, they're, they're going to be one of the best if uh, everybody stays healthy. And uh, Jimmy and Bam are two of the best players in the Eastern Conference. Um, you hope that Goran Dragic is back in uh, full force after suffering the plantar fasciitis. And uh, yeah, you expect Miami to still be quite a good team. And uh, Avery Bradley, of course, didn't play in the bubble, um, but was a really good first line of defense last year for the Lakers. And um, 
you it's maybe expect him to uh, step in and play a role for Miami. And then Maurice Harkless is a guy who's played a, a role on a, a few different teams so far. So, yeah. yeah. He, so moving on from the good use of that mid-level. Moving on from Miami, we have the team that people thought was going to be the, the, the Eastern Conference. Damn. Yeah. You know, people thought it was going to be that, that representative for the East. We got Milwaukee. I certainly did. I, I thought they were going to be the representative for the East. They have a guy who still, like all things considered, has deserved the MVP over the last couple of years, um, Giannis Antetokounmpo. He um, – they are hoping now we'll sign the um, Supermax and extend um, for five more years, but that is still yet to be determined. Um, but they did trade for Drew Holiday, and um, they signed a, a few guys who you hope can give them a little bit of depth in uh, DJ Augustine, Bobby Portis, Torrey Craig, and Bryn Forbes all were playing on like near playoff level teams or playoff level teams. Um, and yeah, they, uh, they still, so Drew Holiday, you hope to be a step up. They don't end up getting Bogdan Bogdanovich, but they still maintain Brooke Lopez, of course, uh, Chris Middleton. So yeah, it'll be a, a little bit of a new look for them, but should still be a really solid team. You wonder how a guy like Dante DiVincenzo is going to love the fact that, uh, he was involved in like those trade rumors. Um, they cut Ursan Ilyasova, um, and they draft a, a couple, like, senior – or, like, older shooters. Uh, they got Jordan Wara in the second round and Sam Merrill, who did a little bit of everything for Utah State and one of the better shooters in the draft, a uh, really good playmaker, is 24 years old. So he's a guy who you maybe expect to come in sooner than later. Um, and even as the 60th pick, like, a, a pretty intriguing guy. But, yeah, it seems like Milwaukee is still going to be a really good team. Maybe they don't hang on to that number one seed, though, this year. So th that will be uh, something to look out for. Yeah, and I'll see if Giannis, you know, kind of has that chip on his shoulder after, you know, kind of getting highly criticized in the playoffs. Well, and the fact that – so they keep Bud, and you just wonder if he's going to learn from the fact that he – like, play your guys in the playoffs, man. Like what's going on? Like now's now's the time. I know you only want to play like Giannis thirty minutes a game, and like the numbers he puts up during those are insane. But the guy can play more minutes. Like, and you're obviously a much better team with him on the floor, and uh, Chris Middleton on the floor. Like, play your guys more minutes in the playoffs. You play them the minutes you do in the regular season and do very well, and then if it doesn't work in the playoffs, switch it up. Yeah, that's all we're asking. That's the time. Not, not that I know more than you, man, but like it just seems like a possible simple solution. So <laughs> let's look towards that. And um, yeah, we'll see if Giannis uh, maybe like is more confident in, in his jump shot. Not that that's a huge thing for him and the fact that he's still so damn dominant around the basket. Um, but yeah, Drew Holiday, I, I think is just going to be really interesting and, is that big guard who can provide a little bit of, of playmaking also um, and maybe a little bit more tried and true in the playoffs than, uh, than Eric Bledsoe. Um, but yeah, they trade Eric Bledsoe and George Hill. So it, they, they lost a little bit. They gained um, some free agents who, who might be able to come in and at least give them some decent minutes. But um, yeah, Milwaukee still 
Still looking like up, up there in the East. And then we move on to the team that had the number one pick, Minnesota Timberwolves. They had three first, you know, ended up with three first round picks. Yeah. And well, they had the, the 17. They make a, a trade with Oklahoma City and they get back Ricky Rubio. They um, trade down a little bit in the draft with the, what ended up being the 23rd pick and um, the 28th pick. Uh, they draft Leandro Barmaro with um, the 23rd pick, and he's a drafting stash. He's playing for FC Barcelona. Um, and then they get Jaden McDaniels with 28. Number one, they take Anthony Edwards, who you just assume is going to be a, a good scoring guard for them. And I don't know if you saw what P3 posted, but like Anthony Edwards' athleticism as far as like vertical and um, lateral is insane. Like, it was something that we already knew. You just kind of wondered why he wasn't maybe more efficient in college with that insane athleticism. But the guy is a ridiculous athlete, so damn strong and, and big as a guard. So certainly a, a ton of potential there and somebody who is going to get immediate minutes. They did uh, re-sign Juancho Hernan Gomez, um, Malik Beasley. So, yeah, it should be interesting. Um, you assume now with like trading for Ricky Rubio, like they'll be a little bit better. Um, you just also wonder if they're going to make the playoffs and kind of have figured out everything in terms of their defense and, and shooting woes. Uh, even though they have like they're when you think of their two best players, you're likely thinking of D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns, who are both really good shooters. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's uh, I think defense is still kind of a, a, a worry for them. Um, oh yeah. They, uh, ended up getting Ed Davis as well. Uh, so that's a, a backup big oh, role. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm thinking they'll be a, a little bit better and uh, maybe not going for like the first pick next year, but still likely in the lottery. And I, I don't really see them making the playoffs. Uh, definitely. Yeah. I, I, I still think they're a little bit. Yeah. Again, it's just like that chemistry consistency. I just don't yeah. know. If they can do it, especially in the West, there's so many good, you know, good teams that are already pretty cohesive. Yeah, I, yeah. It's, I think you know odds odds are against them, but I I, I hope for for them because like Carlton counts, you know, it's been a little bit. Like I I hope they're they're trending in that right direction, you know, that he gets a chance at the playoffs. But but um, moving on, we have New Orleans, a team that again just missed the playoffs. Yeah. And you're, if they have a full season of Zion Williamson, you're assuming that they could be playoff bound. They trade for Steven Adams. So, and they, they re-sign him to like a, a mini extension, I guess two years, 35 mil. Um, he, so obviously you would like a center that could shoot next to Zion Williamson, but having two of the strongest players in the league yeah. in next year, that's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> it's going to be fun. They signed Brendan Ingram to um, a maximum extension or somewhere in that uh, range that, that was just announced. Um, drafted Kyra Lewis Jr. And I, I thought that was a, a pretty cool pick. Um, they, they end up trading George Hill as part of like the Stephen Adams deal. Uh, still will have Eric Bledsoe this year. And you, you kind of wonder um, what happens there. But yeah, they... Um, they should be a really fun team. Like, yeah. uh, they, uh, yeah, you, you hope Nikhil Alexander Walker is going to be 
um, maybe contributing a little bit more this year. You still have guys like Josh Hart and Lonzo Ball taking guard spots and J.J. Redick. So a, a lot of depth there and a lot of guys who can play minutes. But, yeah, it banks on, on Zion hopefully being healthy and improving. Yeah, and just taking take another player that you can build around. Yeah, taking another step. I think, yeah, I think, again, like, they look a little bit better. But I think, yeah, they're still in that same swing of, like, they could be one of the last teams in or they could be one of the first few. Yeah, they will rely a, a large portion on health. Yeah. Zion Williamson. <laughs> that's who, 100%, yeah. That's who it, it keys on. If Zion is healthy, this is going to be a team. Um, and, yeah, they should be a couple fun pieces and – their defense should be pretty interesting. They, of course, lose Derek Favors, but, um, yeah, having a center like Steven Adams um, and then Eric Bledsoe, second team, all defense. He's not Drew Holiday, but he's still a, a pretty good guard and athletic and can uh, provide some playmaking, some shooting. Um, yeah, it, they'll, uh, they'll be a, one of the more fun teams to watch. I, I, I still feel that way. Um, the New York Knicks, some interesting choices. So Obi Toppin is an incredible offensive talent. And he's there. He was there at number eight. You know, like, yeah. like that was, I think that was. Yeah, yeah. On most draft boards, he, he probably would have been higher. I think on my draft board, I probably had him maybe even a little bit lower. But he um, certainly, I, I think certainly like that, that was around his range. You just kind of wonder where everything fits in. And, like you still have a guy like Julius Randle and, uh, yeah, you just you wonder how all the pieces fit on New York, um, but yeah, Obi's a good passer, and then also like the fact that Obi playing next to like Mitchell Robinson, like they're both guys who kind of excel around the the hoop and as lob threats. So you you wonder if that uh, really works with them next to each other. Um, still really looking for that primary initiator, um, and they didn't. I, I don't know if that would have been there at eight. But they, uh, yeah, they, they still don't have that. Um, so, yeah, and then um, Emmanuel quickly was obviously a really good player for Kentucky, but it seemed like a, a bit of a stretch at number 25. He shot really well. He works really hard. But you just wonder his on-ball utility in the NBA. And, um, yeah, yeah, I just – I'm not expecting him to uh, take a huge role right away. Um, and then they signed Alec Burks, who can kind of get his own shot, but is another scoring-type wing um, who is does some of the same things as, like, R.J. Barrett. Um, and then uh, Austin Rivers, another, like, scoring, like, basically, like, a more established Alonzo Trier. Yeah. Has a little bit more playmaking ability, but not much. But they don't have an initiator for, for some of the, like, like the guys yeah. – no. Like the, at the end those, of the- are, those are both like scoring guys, and then uh, Nerlens Noel, another like defensive-minded big, um, obviously a, a smarter defender than uh, Mitchell Robinson, but not necessarily as exciting of one, especially um, in terms of game around the basket. Um, so yeah, the the Knicks. I see the back. Yeah, they're they're back in the lottery, and they're. I, I think they're one worse in the league. Like they I. Can't. I yeah, I think, I think again, like there's log jams of uh, certain positions, but like there's no one. You hope the- RJ improves, but it's it's going to be a tough circumstance for him. Like he, he's uh, he has his work cut out for him, and uh, 
yeah, you just wonder how all those pieces fit together. I did like the fact that they let some of the the players that they had, you know, last year go. Like, uh, you know, like let Bobby Portis go. I guess Taj Gibson can go and, and find a different team also. Um, yeah, they, they had that huge logjam of bigs, but they still kind of do. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's just uh, – it's going to be a, obviously a youth movement going on there, but – they, they still really need that guy that you uh, build the team around. And they, well, the Knicks will do what they do best. They'll just kind of, like, be mediocre and hope for, you know, tomorrow will be a better day, which seems to be – really, really are hoping that um, they get Kate Cunningham. Oh, no, totally. They do a com- – but they do, they do the combination of both. Like, they, they hope for the draft, and then they also clear cap space, like, hoping for that free agent. And, they, and then, like, neither scenarios happen. But um, – Oklahoma City – Team that's getting worse, like just set up to do that. They trade Chris Paul. Yeah. That was just something they were they they were planning to do, and what they have done is they've gotten every draft pick in the NBA draft. And oh yeah, no, no, totally. They're planning for the future, and uh, so that that's pretty cool. They trade up and draft um, a guy that it was rumored they were looking at, and Alexei Pokushevsky. He's one of the better upside plays in the draft. I think he's coming over right away, but still incredibly skinny at seven feet, but can shoot off of movement. Has a a skill set that you love to see. Yeah, incredible skill set for a seven-footer and athleticism. Um, Yeah, they they went – they chose Europeans with all three of the the draft picks they end up keeping. So they get Pokushevsky. They have Theo Maladon, who played for Asvel, and um, is – I, I heard wanted to come over right away also. Then they get uh, Vic Krejci at the 37th pick. Was a player that I don't think we had ever talked about on here, but uh, plays for Zaragoza in Spain. Had torn his ACL, so he's definitely a draft and stash guy and somebody they hope can maybe recuperate over the next few years. Kind of like a, a taller, sort of like a, a combo guard um, and a good athlete who struggles shooting. But, um, yeah, he's a draft and stash guy. And um, the only free agent signing so far has been Frank Jackson from New Orleans, um, who's like a good little guard, kind of scoring guard off the bench. And they get, they get to take on Al Horford's contract. They get to take on Al Horford's contract. But I think they'll still have just a ton of cap space. Oh, that's all right. And Al only has like three more years left after this one, or two more after this. Um, and then uh, they also got George Hill. So, yeah, we'll see what they end up doing with him. Um, I'm, I'm guessing just another solid guard to play next to Shea if they intend on keeping him. Um, and they trade for TJ Leaf, Darius Miller. Um, yeah, just uh, they're trying to tank. And they're a guy who goes to Oklahoma State and um, or just another really solid draft pick to uh, come in and uh, rebuild. So yeah, well, they're, 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 they're a team that's definitely was in the playoffs. Pretty good strategy. The team that was in the playoffs. And they're going to be bad for a few years. <laughs> and everything that made them exciting about making the playoffs, you know, Chris Paul and all. Yeah, they're gone. You know, Stephen Adams, you know, it's like, so yeah, they definitely just, yeah. Yeah, they, they just blew it up. And like, I, I love, I like Shay. They kept Shea. Yeah, and he's going to get some good burn, and this is going to be a chance for him to, to definitely get a lot of playing time, you know, and oh, yeah. learn and grow a lot. But I think, yeah, definitely out of the playoff picture this year. Like, I I have a hard time envisioning the scenario in which they, like, get to the playoffs, let alone, like, get to the playoffs and do something. Yeah. 
So yeah, definitely. definitely. Orlando, um, they end up drafting Cole Anthony. I thought it was a great pick at 15. Um, a guy who was definitely a little bit higher on my board. He um, just seems to be a really nice player to come in and, and score for them. Uh, play sometime at the point. That's not, ideally you'd like a, kind of a more primary ball handler next to him, but he still is a guy who can pass, can really shoot, has a great pull-up game. You hope that maybe having a more open court can help him in terms of getting to the basket as compared to North Carolina. But yeah, he'll at least um, give a, a shooting dimension that Orlando was in desperate need for. Um, probably playing at times next to Markel Fultz. Um, they signed Dwayne Bacon, who is just another kind of scoring guard. I, I think that Orlando is, again, likely to be somewhere in that same vicinity, but maybe even possibly misses the playoffs. Um, the, Jonathan Isaac, of course, hurt for the season, you're thinking. Um, but, yeah, they uh, they still have their, their relative core together. But, yeah, you just kind of wonder maybe if they uh, – want to go into like full rebuild mode and uh, look for that player you really want to build a contending team around. Um, but it seems like Cole Anthony was at least a, a nice start there in terms of a compliment. Yeah, I, think, I think he'll definitely show up and, you know, he'll, he'll play, he'll play well and definitely get some, get some scoring firepower there. But yeah, I think again, they're on the outside looking, looking in for the playoffs this year. Yeah. Uh, Philadelphia had a great draft. I felt. Um, Tyrese Maxey was, uh, I feel, a steal at 21, and um, somebody who's a potential three-level scorer, didn't shoot exceptionally well for Kentucky last year, like, as cumulative on the season, but he showed flashes and has showed flashes throughout his uh, high school career. He um, just has incredible balance and should be really good next to Ben Simmons, so that was a, a guy who just seemed like a, a great fit for Philadelphia. Um, and then they, they got a couple other, like, guard scorers. You're hoping Danny Green gets closer to where he was with Toronto uh, as opposed to the Lakers last year, but still, like, a good shooter and defender and somebody who seems to kind of fit along the lines of what Philadelphia looks for in um, a complementary wing. And then um, Seth Curry, great shooter. So you're, you're assuming that it, it looks like the starting lineup might be Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Danny Green, um, Tobias Harris, and uh, Joel Embiid, which at least in terms of like a lineup synergy seems to fit a little bit better than what they had last year. You um, just still kind of wonder. Yeah, so as far as free agent signings go, they signed Dwight Howard as a backup center. Um, they uh, got Ryan Brokoff just as, you know, kind of like a shooter off the bench, but you're not expecting him to play huge minutes. Um, and yeah, other, oh, they also traded for uh, Tony Bradley. Um, there are two other draft picks, Isaiah Joe, like huge shooting potential there. And then some, uh, you know, decent off-ball defense. Um, and then Paul Reed, was uh, like stocks monster and like both of those guys were rumored to be possible like end of first round guys and they got them later in the second round. Um, so yeah, I, I thought um, Philadelphia had a really good value draft and I'm guessing they'll probably be along the same lines, but new coach, new system, 
who knows? It, it, with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, I, I just I want to run it out for one year. You kind of change it around a little bit in terms of the lineup. Well, let yeah, let Doc Rivers have have a year and have a chance. Well, he's going to get more than one year. You no, no, he's going to get more than one year, but a chance with Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, yeah. you know, and then then maybe you know make that decision like how they how they want to go. Also, you know, Seth Curry is also in this position where it's like he better shoot the ball well because his father-in-law is his coach. So definitely, you don't want you don't want you don't want those meals to be very awkward. <laughs> you better be performing well so you can talk about the positivity at work. Not you know not what. Oh, he first Paul George last year, and we saw how that worked. But, but um, well, that's yeah. not the son-in-law. That was his prospective son-in-law that didn't work out. Exactly. That's even worse. Even <laughs> <laughs> more awkward. But uh, again, Seth, probably like, like Seth. <laughs> to see him at the barbecue, you know, like so. Yeah, definitely um, show out there. So yeah, Phoenix. They're going to be a better team, but that draft pick that was it, it was uh, that was a, that was a head scratcher for sure. Like, that was that was the the first draft pick that had you saying like, damn, like. That was a lot higher than you expected him to go. Even though he was maybe even like – he was rumored to go like 13, 14 to New Orleans or um, to Boston. But, yeah, him going 10 was uh, was kind of a shocker. I just think there are other good guys on the board, you know, on the board for what – Yeah, but as we saw last year, like, you know, they saw Cam Johnson. You thought they were better guys. You, you said the same thing about – They wanted. Yeah. They uh, saw something with Jalen Smith that they wanted. Um, he's likely going to be like a backup big for them, which I guess is fine as a rookie initially. And you just hope he maybe turns into more and maybe they just really see the shooting upside with him. But yeah, it seemed like there would have been some really good fits left on the board. So that was kind of a bummer. So um, yeah, not my favorite pick of the draft. Um, and then uh, free agent signings, they get Jay Crowder. I think that's a, that's a good contributor. Some good depth there. Um, and like a, a guy who can possibly play four next to like Mikael Bridges and even play with like Cam Johnson at times. Um, and obviously played a, a nice role for Miami. Chris Paul, of course, is who you're really banking on, like making them that playoff team. So yeah, with Houston out of the playoffs, Phoenix seems like the most likely to step right in there. Not that they have Chris Paul, Devin Booker, you have hopefully DeAndre Ayton for a full season. Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, Dario Saric is back. Um, it, they, they should be at least a pretty good team. Uh, also signed Langston Galloway, Etuan Moore, Damian Jones. Um, so, yeah, they have a little bit of, of backup depth. You lose Aaron Baines, who was a really nice backup center for them last year. But, um, yeah, they, uh, they still have that, like, kind of – I don't know, I guess not all of the core of uh, – Last year's bubble run with Ricky Rubio gone, but you assume Chris Paul goes in there and it gets a little better. Yeah, but I feel like like Devin Booker and those guys have to, like the the remaining players like have to feel good about how they finish that season. Yeah, and then you get Chris Paul and yeah. Chris Paul. No, totally, and I, I think Chris Paul and NBA and um, Chris Paul and playoffs go together. And I think more years being at like an all star level. Yeah, and I think with the West again, you have like Houston, Oklahoma City moving out. You know, this perfect prime time for Phoenix to really come in. And I think with Chris Paul too, that always just, yeah, it gives you just like this bump that hopefully like helps Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. And these guys kind of mature a little bit. He can run an offense. He is amazing around the basket too. And, and Devin Booker's yours. And Devin Booker's just a great and Devin Booker's just become this insane offensive hub. Yeah, which is just like, I mean, like. DeAndre has shown some really good flashes too. So yeah, he, 
having that that kind of big three, um, yeah, I, I'm assuming that they uh, are probably in like you know maybe like possible five or six at low seven or eight. Um, Portland looks like they've had themselves a pretty damn good offseason. I you know I think I said it to you I'm cautiously optimistic. I think I said it to you you know like yesterday and I was actually talking to one of someone else about it too. It's like I think the Blazers had a great offseason for who the Blazers are and can be. I yeah. mean, but they're not they're not a free agent destination, you know, so it's not like Anthony Davis oh, but getting but getting like a Derek Jones Jr. Yeah, so I think like like building in yeah, like for the Blazers, it was just building in positions that they they really needed. I think Harry Giles played had some decent flashes with the Kings last year, and they they signed him for like a minimum deal. So that's another guy who can possibly play some minutes at the four or five. Um, and then uh, just the, the getting Ennis back, I think, is going to be a fan favorite, and he's probably not going to play huge minutes, but private was like the Nurk insurance again yeah Yeah. and uh a guy who loved playing here also Rocco is a step up on even Trevor Ariza so that's nice and um oh Trevor Ariza also with uh Oklahoma City I should have mentioned before but yeah you wonder if that's going to be his final destination although he's been traded like 17 times this offseason um now yeah Robert Covington so you're you're thinking the Blazers starters Likely going to be Damian uh, Lillard, C.J. McCollum. I I call Rocco the the three, but he's a can play three or four. Mello, you want playing the four more than likely, and then um, Yusuf Nurkic. Then you have like Derek Jones, who can play either three or four. Um, yeah, it, a, a little versatility there. Yeah, and like, again, like off the bench, like some shooting because like the way Gary Trent finished. Yeah, Gary Trent finished the season very very. Super strong. So you like you like what you're seeing there. Like I definitely think the Blazers are, you know, in a, in a great position for the for what they can acquire. And yeah. so I definitely think playoffs definitely. Obviously, it's the Blazers, so you never you never. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you just you hope everybody stays healthy. And yeah. then resigning Rodney Hood, I think, was fine, um, considering like you know if they would have lost him, then they well, just considering they didn't have him in the play- they had that depth. They didn't have him at all last year, you know, because he was he was also, I think again, like that's a that's a nice addition. Jared Jones Jr. again, like wing defense. I think Mello obviously, you know, has his limitations, but again, like somebody I enjoy seeing in the Blazers uniform, and I'm like, I'm happy he he did come back. Yeah, and, and for the minimum. Yeah. So you know, really nothing to lose. They draft uh, CJ Ellaby, who was a big big time offensive player. Um, even showed some possible defensive flashes. Um, likely a guy who spends some. Uh, we don't know if there's a G League. Well, is a guy who will be uh, brought brought along um, developmentally, but still, you know, has shooting flashes, has uh, a, some on ball skills. So yeah, he's um, I think a, a worthwhile gamble in the second round. Um, you're hoping Anthony Anthony Simons and. Nazar Little um, kind of have stepped up in their uh, um, second and third year, or third and second year, respectively. Uh, but yeah, it just seems like the, the Blazers, like eight or nine deep, looks really good, especially when you add in Zach Collins. Yeah, like it was Collins getting healthy, you know. I'm, I'm thinking Blazers, like, if this team stays healthy, is looking like a, a four or five 
possibly even three seed over Denver. But yeah, somewhere in that range. And uh, it, it should be really nice having the forward depth that they uh, seem to be missing a lot of last year. Well, that was the key. Yeah, they hit on, you know, a big gaping hole in the playoffs and they've addressed it, which I think is just, which is, which is big. And again, like with the resources and capability that they have to, to draw in talent. So I, I love it. I hope, I hope they can, you know, get back to where they were in the conference finals two years ago, but, but we, we shall see obviously very super competitive out in the West. Sacramento Kings. They have, um, they drafted Tyrese Halliburton, which was like right on, I, I felt like the NBA, at least from what I'd heard and what the draft experts seemed to be saying, was higher on Tyrese than, um, I, than draft Twitter and, and I were. Um, I, I would have him right around that range. And I, I thought that was a good pick by Sacramento and certainly is a guy who I, I think kind of excels next to De'Aaron Fox in his best case scenario. Um, is, is a guy who doesn't necessarily like need to be on ball and so you can still let Darren Fox do that and then he's better as like kind of like a catch and shoot type player also is a, a fantastic passer though and um, you just you kind of wonder about if Darren can maybe like move up and guard the two and have Tyrese guard the one you're, you're maybe slightly worried about that but still it seems to be like a, a really solid pick there um, and then they got Jamias Ramsey, who's kind of like one of those upside guys who you hope figures out things uh, in terms of instincts on both ends of the floor, but shot really well from three um, and then has some athleticism and effort. Um, so, yeah, that, that was their kind of second round gamble. Otherwise, they haven't really done too much. Yeah, and, they're, uh, still, they're still Sacramento. Right now, it just it, they lose Bogdan Bogdanovich. Like that, that's there been their one like move really um you wonder who they add like you don't think they'll add like Hassan Whiteside because his history there um but yeah it just uh it's kind of a question mark as to just how good they'll be you you still like because the past couple of years they've kind of fought for like that last playoff seed good young guys and they've they've had a lot of injury issues also um but yeah it seems like they're kind of stuck in purgatory for right now um but it, Tyrese was a nice pickup it just seems like some of the other teams have kind of picked up a little bit more and you just wonder what Sacramento is is planning to do they're gonna they're gonna go to that four on five offense that they've always talked where they do the four defenders with the one guy under the other team's basket they're gonna do it one day sure as long as uh, <laughs> Uh, San Antonio, kind of the same thing there. Like, so, you know, you had DeMar DeRozan. Uh, the rumors were that San Antonio was going to make this big deal with, like, whatever. Hasn't happened yet. So, uh, DeMar DeRozan, um, LaMarcus Aldridge, still Spurs. Um, and then you uh, – I really liked what they did in the draft. I thought Devin Vassell was great value at the 11th pick. I uh, even liked – Trey Jones is uh, yeah, like, he can bring over time, you know, like some seasoning right now. But yeah, we've, we've talked quite a bit about both of them. So really like those value picks, um, especially, you know, they need the wing help and Vassell provides that and was this fantastic team defender of Florida State. 
showed the shooting flashes. Um, and yeah, he just looks like he could be a really good wing utility guy. Um, and then Trey Jones just looks like he can run a, a second team offense quite well. They have all these promising guards also in Derek White, DeJounte Murray, um, many others. I like Lonnie Walker. Yeah, so they uh, they already have like a bit of that youth movement, but yeah, they they should be a little bit worse. You would feel they're they're kind of they're kind of in flux of like yeah, like it, it, seems like, it seems like they're kind of headed towards they've been headed towards rebuild for a while, but yeah, they're they're looking to to find that those next like guys to really build around like the yeah. people who will be the the star players on the team, and uh, right now they have just a lot of really promising complementary options. They re-signed Jakob Pertl to a three-year, $27 million. Um, Yeah, nothing nothing too much else to report from the Spurs. Kelvin Johnson was a promising rookie also. Um, yeah, they, uh, they they have, like, so, some nice guys who uh, you're willing to bet on. But, yeah, they should be a little bit worse this upcoming year. Um, and that moves on to Toronto. And uh, Toronto – as I should say, as somebody from there. Um, they, uh, I liked both of the guys they drafted. I, I thought they were really good value picks also. Um, everybody just feels like they're just going to raptorize whoever they draft. But it's funny, I'm, I'm, a couple guys who ha- have a chance to, um, you know, be role guys based on their skill set. Malachi Flynn, with excellent pick and role player, was um, the Mountain West Player of the Year and Defensive Player of the Year. Um, just really smart, has shooting ability, should like right off the bat, like be able to at least play like some third point guard minutes for them. Um, Jalen Harris is just a really good guy to take a stab at. I'm sure somebody they would have loved to have on the 905, but is also a guy who just really good scorer, has some shooting potential, has some athleticism, um, was really good for Nevada last year. Um, so those are, those were two good um picks there, but uh, they lose a, a few guys. Of course, they lose Marcus Gasol, Serge Ibaka. Huge, big guys for them. Um, and yeah, it just it seems like albeit they do sign um, like two of the better centers that were left in Aaron Baines and Alex Len, but yeah, it, it looks like they, oh, and they also signed DeAndre Bembry, who, who's was like a you know played some decent wing minutes uh, for Atlanta and has uh, some nice like playmaking ability, um, but yeah you you feel like they'll still be good but I I'm not sure like second seed good. Yeah, it, it's hard to, it's hard to say like without you know Gasol Abaka I think those are you know and yeah like Siakam hopefully he takes another step forward that'd be ideal but. I think it was good getting yeah, through that shooting and then just sticking to being better around the basket in the playoffs. Like that, that was a huge thing for me. But I think, I think bringing back Fred Van Vliet, which is something, because again, like I saw that Malachi Flynn pick on a fantastic shooter on draft night. I was like, Oh, but again, I think Malachi Flynn's still going to be good at, but I, yeah, I love yeah, Fred. He, just, he has some of those similar tools to Fred. Um, but yeah, Fred, but like the, two, the two guards, yeah, you both kind of allow Fred's that established guy was like out of this world as a shooter last year. Um, and the Raptors have always kind of had a tough time signing free agents. Like always. Yeah. 
big name free agents like who aren't already with the team. So the fact that they signed Fred, I think, was the right move to make. And um, okay. yeah, they, they should still be good. And then, of course, uh, signing Chris Boucher was a wonderful thing. And um, his per 36 minute numbers last year, um, his analytics, like th- this is a guy who I think is going to get quite a few more minutes this upcoming season and um, looks like a, you know, a rotation guy on a good team. And he's um, also, yeah, also he gets, he gets he's, it's the highest paid Canadian player to, that was undrafted. Yeah. With his contract. And then Fred Van Vliet with his $85 million is also the highest paid undrafted player ever. Yeah. Just, I could find nothing to uh, dispute that fact. No, no, no. Which I just think is awesome. Because he's just a dude that just proved it. He earned it. Like I, like my advice to him was like, enjoy every penny because you have you you've earned this. Yeah. And so Utah, yeah, Utah is uh, our next team. I, I just feel like they're just going to be worse. I didn't really like what they did in the draft. Yudoka Azubuke like is somebody I, I get. Like you know he was an excellent finisher next to the basket. Was one of the better like rim protectors last year in the NCAA and really improved his mobility there, but still is pretty slow laterally. And of course, doesn't provide any shooting. Not that he's not fantastic around the basket due to his vertical athleticism and being enormous, but he, um, yeah, he's, it just seems like a guy who is going to take a while to uh, get used to the NBA speed. Uh, Elijah Hughes wasn't somebody that I really loved as a, a second round pick. Um, you know, just kind of like that shooting wing from Syracuse. And you're always kind of wondering how well players from Syracuse defend in the NBA after coming from the zone. Um, And then they do sign Derek Favors, who has obviously quite a bit of experience in Utah um, and is that good uh, alternative to like a, a Rudy Gobert if he gets hurt. I just feel like Utah is going to do something and they're not going to be as good as they were the year before. Um, yeah, I think Donovan Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell's a, a, you know, great. And obviously like he had, he was going, you know, but again, I think like Gobert. He, he, went, he went off in that playoff series. He really Gobert did. kind of presents a bit of a blocker for him as well. Like, you know, like they, they need to do some, a few things to kind of make this team a little bit more, yeah. more feasible. Yeah. And then, you know, you have, you still have Mike Conley. Um, they re-signed Jordan Clarkson to uh, a longer-term deal. Um, but, yeah, you, even with him, like, he's he's a really good scorer. But then after a while, like, defensively, you just wonder if he's not maybe giving up as much as he's putting in. Um, yeah, like, on paper, they don't look much worse. But I just feel like chemistry-wise, I, I, still, I still feel like something's up there. And I, I'm just, I'm not really sure about it. Um, I don't think they'll be much worse, and I, I still see them as a playoff team. But I feel like they could eventually move like a Rudy Gobert or like a Donovan Mitchell. Like I just, yeah, no, I think, I think something, something's got something's to give at some point. Like, it's just, but, yeah, the current formula is not going to, you know, the status quo isn't going. But I think, yeah, I think playoffs, but again, towards, towards that back end. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like they're further down the Western Conference this uh, coming year. Um, and then Washington, I I like what they did in draft. Like I, I actually like both their picks. I, I thought Danny Abdia was a nice pick at nine. Um, of course, you know, brings a, a little bit of that playmaking ability, but also really good off ball, um, smart player, has shooting potential, even if he hasn't really shown it uh, 
at a consistent level as of yet, but he, he should be like at least a, a nice utility wing who could do a little bit of everything, has some defensive uh, intelligence as well. Um, and then Cassius Winston is one of the better like shooting point guards that was in the draft, um, has some excellent playmaking ability also, a worthwhile gamble at 53 to uh, eventually, you know, be like a second or third guard. Um, and uh, they do have John Wall coming back. They do have Bradley Beal. I, you feel like they might be better, but you just wonder how much and it, wonder it, what they're going to do. It seems like John Wall, as much as they, they say John Wall is cool and everything's going fine, like you, you hear the John Wall and Russell Westbrook rumors, you wonder if that makes either team better. I think Washington is in the same situation as Houston, where they have two really good players. You know, they have John Wall, Bradley Beal. Neither one probably wants to still be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got to kind of get a like figure because they still have all those young pieces. They didn't address the needed center. Um, yeah, so the, you're wondering if they're they've been going for like character guys too. So like you wonder if if they go for like a white side or like anything like that. Um, yeah, they. Uh, they get a, the, the, a wing guy who, you know, you could say that they, they kind of uh, ha, had a need for, but it's just, um, yeah, still seem to be missing some pieces uh, towards contending. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's not a team that I think you're, you're very high on going into next year. I mean, best case, I think best case scenario for them is being in the situation they're in last year where they're, they were invited to the bubble, but they literally had no chance of making the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's their best case scenario. Is like, and like on paper they look better, but yeah, you just you wonder yeah. how much better. And again, like John Wall's, you know, hopefully, like his workout videos, like he's he's back and healthy. But it's like again, do you want to be there? And then that kind of affects yeah, the whole dynamic. It's still like he and Russ have like so many of the same issues. <laughs> like that's the, the totally. and you're not solving, neither team solving the problem. <laughs> you're just taking one big salary and moving it around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like giving it a new home and uh, yeah. I, you just wonder with Westbrook, like there are so few alternatives to, I, I think teams that want him and feel like they have that much more of an upside by trading for him. And I think it's the same thing with Wall. So yeah, Wall and Wall has the 2022-23 option for 47 million dollars. It's a player option. Think he's gonna take it? Yeah, totally. It's so yeah, you you you're stuck to him for for quite a while, and I think that kind of inhibits how you build your team, unless you just want to be in the lottery and hope to maybe like get a few guys around him. But I don't think John Wall wants to be in that situation. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, we'll. we'll uh, Washington, I don't think is done, but yeah, it's uh, it they they got a couple nice draft picks. I just don't think it really uh moves the needle as far as next season's concerned. Totally, but you know, I think you know, looking at all these teams, I think we are definitely setting up for a pretty exciting season. Like I'm, I'm looking, yeah. I'm just looking forward to this. A pretty wide open season. Like as as good as the Lakers off season looks on paper. There, there could still be so many things that happen. Clippers did a good job. The Blazers, um, Milwaukee will have that different look. Miami still looks pretty dangerous. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be pretty wide open. Denver, of course, like you know, with their young pieces, if if they stay healthy, 
Well, I think it'll be shorter, shorter offseason too. You're gonna see you're gonna see a lot less probably LeBron in the early parts of the regular season. You know, Kawhi maybe as well. You know, like kind of just pacing themselves. So it's like, yeah, it's gonna be just a very interesting like how this is gonna play out. But again, like I think there's some great scenarios. Like I think you know just in my head hypotheticals like some great matchups to look forward to during the regular season, during the playoffs as well. But yeah, that's all, that's our thoughts on you know how how the teams are looking post draft free agency trades let us know how your team's doing how are you feeling about your team yeah how are you feeling about your team um the five all-stars from the 2020 draft has that changed anywhere with uh as far as where players were drafted or you know has your board changed based on uh, team fit let us know definitely that's what the comments are for you can also email us vislandpod at gmail.com follow us on twitter at visland I am at Jay Weisenberg on every social media platform you can find in the world. He is at NBA Draft Mikey V. Thank you guys so much for listening. Don't forget, if you're on YouTube, you got to smash the subscribe button. Don't just click it. Smash, smash it. it. Smash the like button. Smash the subscribe Break button. Break the keyboard on the subscribe. And then, you know, thank you. Like Buster Rounds breaks his neck. Yeah. So, you know, we super appreciate you guys taking the time to listen. You know, if you could write us a review as well, that's awesome on any platform, but thank you guys for taking the time and we will see you guys next week. Happy Thanksgiving. Have a great Thanksgiving.